to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh hey, hey, if you are obedient you are calling the bible alaba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing Father, in the name of Jesus, we acknowledge your presence and your power. We acknowledge what you are doing in this place. In the name of Jesus, thank you that you are in the business of changing lives, and that you are changing our lives, beginning with mine. Take us to the next level, glory. Show us the next strange miracle. Speak to us differently. cause us to fellowship with you differently in the name of Jesus nothing else matters nothing in this world would do Even as the word of God comes may it grow fruit in our hearts may we all benefit from it cause us to be doers of your word and not just those who hear in Jesus mighty name amen how are you people doing it's good to see you all There are some things I will need to repeat that are very important for you know as a member of the ministry you need to know what your responsibilities are as a member of the ministry our aims and objectives say that by June we should have an attendance of 750 but when we see 500 it looks like a miracle someone is not doing their job you have not invited your friends you've not been retaining so we need to change that that's number one. so let's work on us um i mean on that it's very important i want us to continue praying um and preparing our hearts towards where god is about to take us a season of overflow is a season of uh increase um the in a season like that one you are expected to learn among other things to accommodate growth um i must mention to you that growth it's okay you can you can stop playing that growth is um it's uncomfortable growth is uncomfortable growth is uncomfortable Don't remember, don't forget that growth is uncomfortable. There's no growth that you're going to experience if you're not uncomfortable. And if you are in a place where you're consistently comfortable, it means that you are not growing. 
because it means you are in a comfort zone. That is to mean you are comfortable. And like somebody said, a comfort zone is a place of security, but nothing grows there. So congratulations to the teachers who got employed. And one of the things that makes everyone happy is because there's security. You know that your salary is definitely coming. It's different from us who work in private entities because we know if you don't graft, if you do not work, you will not earn. That's how it is. So us, we don't even think about pension. <laughs> we don't even, so much, so much so. Because how much are you contributing if you? So we always have to work. Now, for those who got employed, there's security. That's why they're happy. And you know that it's guaranteed. There's a pension coming, and the salary will always be coming. But that same security can be your trap. Because you can get comfortable for 10 years. For 10 years, you can get comfortable for 10 years. I've never heard of a biography of a millionaire employee. Anybody? An employee who became a millionaire by being employed. So sometimes the goodness of security <laughs> is what provides a comfort zone where you can't grow out of it. So you need to beware. You need to beware because um, the only way to notice that you are in a phase of growth is when discomfort is around you. Mm -hmm. Tell your neighbor, very important. I'm saying this to tell you that they, we've been offered this building, as you, as you know, and we are negotiating. Now, if, for example, they say five million or three million, which is around what we are going to purchase this building at, there are some things that I've been talking to God about because in my spirit, I feel like we have the capacity to meet that amount. It's, um, our capacity is beyond the amount. I can feel it inside me. I don't know how, but I feel like our capacity is beyond it. And this is why God brought us here. I know you are students, but you see, when I had a dream that we were building the church. All of us were in robes. How many remember that? All of us were in robes and we built it so fast. The building. Now, I'm not saying buying, I'm saying building. Because buying is stage one. We have to break this thing down and build something else. So, <laughs> you can't, you, you, you've not even started after you buy. That's just phase one. So, what I'm trying to tell you also is. Do you ever see yourself, if you sit down, can you say, that brick, I'm the one who put it there. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Are you able to say that? So it will require funds. And don't just pray, oh, Lord, may you give us funds. No. Pray, pray that, oh, Lord, can you make me a funder? Funders with a purpose. Okay? So that you can be beneficial to the work of God. What are you going to do to make sure? And don't see yourself as contributing 100,000. See yourself as contributing the whole amount. That's how you should think. I'm not saying do it. I'm just saying just at thought level. Because some of you just at thought level, there's a problem. <laughs> just at thought level, when you hear 5 million, you, you are frustrated. But at least at thought level. That's what I mean by capacity. In my heart, I can sense that amount. I'm not saying you have it. Just sense it. And if you've not been sensing it, force things. <laughs> I know you look down on forcing things, but this is one of those <laughs> phases of your life where you have to force things. Amen. You men know that. A girl doesn't just fall in love. You have to force things. That's why you rarely hear a man use that phrase, forcing things, because they feel exposed. So, but there are a bit of uncomfortable things that we are going to do even as a ministry. And uh, 
I've just been meditating on them. I was sharing with my wife who are praying. And uh, I know. It's, a, it's an exciting phase for us. God saw it fit and God found us worthy to be able to purchase a property in millions. We didn't bring ourselves here. You people prophesied you prayed. <laughs> we didn't bring ourselves here. We didn't bring ourselves here. At mouth two. Tay pangile, ni mwemwa to pangile, ne chalo tri kalamo, ni mwemwa chipangile, no wikalo wamuntu and se wava mukuwoko kwenu, mweva pulamo, mweva pulamo, mweva pulamo, mweva pulamo. Mueva pula molesa, mueva pula mo, mueva pula mo, mueva pula mo, mueva pula molesa, mueva pula mo. Ay, 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 So I don't know about you, but I'm excited for where God is uh, taking us. Simba, you don't know that song. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to share with you uh, very quickly uh, one or two things, and then we'll see how we are going to, pro, uh, to proceed. Give me the book of Habakkuk, chapter number two. Now, he was saying something that was very futuristic. Habakkuk, chapter number two, verse one. And he says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. So the reason why you are seeing what he is saying instead of hearing what he is saying is because when he speaks, he creates pictures. The vision of the Lord can come in form of words. But when those words come, they begin to create a vision, an imagination. Because God speaks even in pictures. And I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on, tab on tablets. That he may run who reads with it. Let me just quickly say something here. There are two people in a vision. Two kinds of people in the vision. The one who sees it and writes it. And the one who runs with it. You are not less if you are running with a vision just because you didn't see it. So the point I make to you is not all of us can see visions and write them down. Some of us, God gives us grace to run with the vision. So when I tell you this is a vision that God has given us for this year, your part is to run with it. And not to feel like even me, I need to have a vision which I need to be seeing. The grace you've been given is that for running. Are we together? It's very important. You are not less, you are doing your part. Because at the end of the day, the one who wrote will be judged for writing. And the one who ran will be judged in the capacity of a runner. So don't put yourself in the capacity of a seer and a writer when God had given you the capacity of a runner. Because he will judge you according to the... He says to each one he gave a talent according to their capacity. So God will give you a responsibility that matches your capability. And his judgment will therefore be based on the capability he gave you. So do not go for a talent that does not match the capability you were given. If yours is to run, run faithfully. If God changes you and says, I'll give you now to, to, to write, you will write. Hey, are we together? Now, he goes on further to say that he may run who reads it. Let's go. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. 
because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Let's go. Behold the proud. He's now speaking the vision. Okay, let's now get back to the context. So when we teach, we teach according to context, but we also teach according to revelation. Many times when people are reading to you Habakkuk 2, they are reading it according to revelation so they can teach on vision. But there's also teaching. The, what was he talking about? Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. So the idea of the just living by faith is something that was seen way before the New Testament. This man is prophesying and is beginning to say, the just shall live by faith. He's trying to explain something which is a New Testament phenomenon. It is not in his dispensation because faith is not in his dispensation. Justification by faith was, was, was made manifest to Abraham first because Abraham had an opportunity to do a skit of the gospel because the, what the New Testament tells us is that the gospel was preached first to Abraham. I don't know if I should get into how exactly it was preached. How the gospel was preached to Abraham, but because the Bible doesn't show us exactly how, so we have to interpret how exactly the gospel was preached. I'll touch on that when I'm permitted. Let me not derail myself. So he says, the just shall live by faith. Who are the just? What does it mean to be justified? There are two most important components to the New Testament creation. There's justification and sanctification. These are things you need to know because they define your dispensation. I want us to go over there into the book of uh, into the book of Romans. We will begin with chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. The Bible says Therefore, having been justified by faith, having been justified, have you seen that justification word? It says the just shall live by faith. So what does it mean to be justified? So that you can live by faith. Who are the justified? In the Old Testament, we didn't have the persons known as the justified. But in the New Testament, we have the people known as the justified. This is why the prophet Habakkuk was looking from a long time and he was saying there will be a people called the justified. And then these shall not live by obedience to the law. These shall live by faith. Now, in my time, we who seek to be justified are justified by the works of the law, by obeying the Ten Commandments and its 600 and 612 clauses. But there's a people that are coming. These will not live to be justified or to seek justification by the law. But what will justify them is their faith. And the first person who was given justification and righteousness by his faith was Abraham. Now, I will not touch on Abraham today. But I want to explain to you what it means to be justified. Who are the justified? It says the just shall do what? Therefore, having been justified... Okay, so we were justified by faith, right? It also means that, and then we are also told, not only are we justified by faith, we also have to live by faith. So there's something about this faith because it justified us. But also after it justified us, it has to be the economy of our life. It has to be the medium of transaction for every spiritual relationship and transaction. It is a system of existence. We need to live by faith because we are the just. It's like when God is saying, imagine, you are seeing that some time to come, apart from the dinosaurs that God has created, which live by breathing air, or the trees which live by, 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 um, by, by carbon dioxide. He said, then, you see that God has shown you a plan. There will be a separate kind of creature. This creature shall be called fish. It shall live by breathing water. So you need to understand how, what made the fish to be able to breathe in water, which 
the dinosaur does not have, which the trees do not have. It's a separate kind of creature. Is, they all live, but there's a way they live. They don't live by breathing air the way the other creatures live. These ones live by breathing in water. What I'm trying to say is you need to understand where you are. You, how do you live? What makes your life different? You are justified by faith and you shall live by faith. It says, we walk by faith and not by. So this faith thing is very peculiar to the New Testament creation that it is fatal for a New Testament person to not have a relationship with faith because everything we do must be based on the economy of faith. Our relationship with God, because see, he's saying they shall live, they shall live, they shall live. That means their life shall only be able to transact in an environment of faith. And once they move out, they've gone to a different dispensation, whether the law or something else, but not where they were designed to be. When fish thinks it's so cool to breathe air and it comes out, it may even look alive for a few seconds, but it is dying. When you take a flower and you chop it out of the ground, it may look fresh for some even hours for some, for some, for some plants, but that does not mean it is not dead. Because there's an environment which was created for it. For me as a human being, I may be detached from the soil and I may be walking properly, but not for the flower. So if you are told as a flower or as a plant, you shall live by the ground, it means you must have a clear understanding of what this ground is because it defines your existence, how long you live, how accurately you live, how you relate to other people. So you cannot not no faith. You cannot. It's costly. It looks like a foundation. But that's why it is a foundation. Because it, it defines where we stand. We may even overlook it and do so many things, but without the ground, the foundation, there's trouble. Where are we going to walk? So when we walk, we walk by, by the ground. If the ground was faith. Whether we sit in a meeting now to Manama 4, it's by the ground. Whether we are traveling, going somewhere, it's by the ground. So there's a way we must treat the ground. Because if we lose it, there's trouble. So there's a group of people called the just. And we are told these, they shall live by faith. So who are these people called the just? That's you and I. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 3. Verse, verse 21, the Bible says, But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So how Jesus filled the law and the prophets, if you've not gone through discipleship class, I did a whole teaching on this. This is the righteousness of God, which is by faith in Christ Jesus. So he says, there's a way of living not the way they lived in the time of Moses. It says, but a different kind of living and righteousness has been revealed, which is apart from the law, which is the righteousness by faith in Christ Jesus. It's a different kind of life. For those who are justified. Hallelujah. It says, to and on all who believe, who are the justified. Now, To be justified is simply to be declared righteous. Is simply to be declared righteous. And this is a difference between a New Testament believer and an Old Testament believer. The New Testament believer is declared righteous. The Old Testament believer is not declared righteous. They have to work for it. They were never declared righteous. They had to prove that I am not stealing, I'm not killing, I'm not fornicating, I'm not doing all these things, I'm paying my tithes, I am keeping the Sabbath. And then many of them is a problem they had. If they keep all the ten, there's that one they didn't do. 
They didn't wash their hand up to here. Because there were 612 clauses. The Bible says, and the law was given so that no one can boast before God, so that everyone can be proven as a sinner. So the purpose of the law was to show you that you are a sinner and you need a savior. That was the whole purpose of the law. What we are saying in English is no one was ever justified by obeying the works of the law. Because its purpose was not to bring justification, but to bring a realization of sin and the need for a savior. That was the purpose of So the way that these people got justified if at all they ever did was by obeying a set of rules. And none of them were ever declared. They never attained justification. By implication, the people who were in the Old Testament were supposed to attain justification by obeying the Ten Commandments and its 600 plus clauses. They were supposed to attain it. It's like saying, you are going to attain your degree. It means you have to pass first year, second year. Someone here was testifying. You are <laughs> and, and then after you are done, after you testify a bit, then they tell you are desiali. So you <laughs> so you have to keep going and going. Imagine. So the people of the Old Testament did not, were not declared. They had to attain. It's by the works, by passing, by doing this and doing that. Meanwhile, it's like it's like it's like this. Let me have two. Let me have two of you. I wish I had a whiteboard. <laughs> and and I wish I had no 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 don't bring it. And I wish I had uh, an overhead mic. Just wishing. So Imagine these two are law students. This one belongs to, let's say, the 2000 dispensation. They are the lawyers for in 2000. Then this one is 2022. This one, both of them want to attend their practicing certificate, right? Mm -hmm. Here is a practicing certificate here. This one, you are the 20 what? 2000. So for 2000, you have to take the first step. Pass your grade 12 exams. Take. The next step is uh, apply and hope you are accepted. And then the next step is pass first year. The next step is pass second year. The next step is pass third year. And you know your lecturers. We don't fight against academics, but against lecturers, <laughs> against school fees, against school pressure, against bad people, and relationships. <laughs> Therefore, put on your whole armor. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And every student said, because academics themselves are easy. But the things surrounding them. Afterwards, you need to apply to Ziali. Then you have to take 11 courses. Then pass. Then behave yourself properly because if you misbehave, you can even lose the same license. Then pay graduation fees. Then buy the gown and the wig. <laughs> then go for strenuous rehearsals. And then be given the practice certificate. By then, you would have changed. You may not even need that wig because you have it naturally. <laughs> By the time that you have spent You get my point? So by the time you are getting your practice certificate, you can boast because you worked for it. You labored. That's why now you feel like everyone should bow to you because you are a lawyer. You worked for this. You passed the alley. 
you feel like you need the money. You need, you need to charge these clients. And when you are passing, everyone should move out of the way. And that's why God never gave you the righteousness. Because you worked too hard for it. But if I give it to you, then you will have a right to boast before me, the one who gave you. So what I do as God is, after you walk all this path, then I refuse to give you. The righteousness. That's what the Old Testament is about. It's about failing to attain righteousness by trying so hard to attain it. And then we come to the 2022. The moment she finishes grade 12, then I come and say, here's your practicing certificate. You are a lawyer. I declare you a lawyer. <laughs> That's what the New Testament is about. That's all the New Testament is about. So this one now is a lawyer by declaration. So she doesn't have to go through all this strenuous process. You know why? Because there's a principle. It's called substitutionary effort. Jesus, who was perfect, came, passed through everything, fulfilled the law, and deserved to carry that righteousness. Because the Bible says there was no sin in him. So he now collects his certificate and says, I'm not going to let you labor for it. So I'll give you for free. This is why righteousness is not a work. It's a gift, the Bible teaches us. Righteousness is a gift. You are given righteousness. Somebody worked for it already. Everyone else who tried to work for it, they failed. But Jesus came. You, do you know, even the birth of Jesus was significant of the dispensation he was going to begin. Because was, when Mary was approached, she was told, you are highly favored among women. Even the way she had that child, she didn't work for the child by the marriage, doing whatever people do. She just received. There was no labor. I don't know what you're thinking. But it was... <laughs> boom. Already the way Jesus was born was a sign that everyone who believes in him will not have to labor. That's what the Bible says, the one who believes in him. So now imagine, imagine, come. You've been watching Matimielo, you. The way they've labored, you are watching, watch her, she's walking, watch her. Go, laboring, laboring. This is the life you've been exposed to. The life of labor. And then suddenly, Suddenly you receive what they labored hard for and never got. <clears throat> you suddenly receive it. There are a number of issues there. Number one, she has had no experience. She's not been schooled. What she's been given is like an honorary certificate. She, have you ever seen like Dr. Chimba was given, uh, who else? I think GBM. They were given honorary doctorates. That, that's to mean they didn't go to school. They just gave them. <laughs> they just gave them. So. Now, if you are given an honorary doctorate, you've never been to school. There are chances that you may not behave educated. Because you never labored for it. By the way, those are not the only two who have been given honor. I, I just, they just came on the top of my head. They just came on the top of my head. Uh, I mean it. So, you may not behave educated. 
You may not behave doctor, doctor. But it doesn't mean that that big institution has not given you. It has, because it has made you a doctor. By the power vested in it, by the governments, it decided to award you. No one can say, ping. Even if you are just walking anyhow by foot, you are still a doctor. Even if you never labored through, you are still a doctor. But I'm saying that there may be issues here. Because this one has never been to school. But number one, what happens is this one can't boast. That's why the Bible says salvation is a gift, lest anyone should boast. So you can't boast. How? How hard did you work for you to attain it? What did you do? You just received it. So you can't boast. And you may not even feel like you are saved. Why? Because you didn't go through the labor. You may not even feel transformed because you see what transforms people is time through experience. You don't have the knowledge. You don't even know what this is about. But you've been given that thing. This is why the Bible says in the book of Philippians to work out your salvation. Because when you receive salvation, it means you don't know it, but it is yours. When you receive it, you may not even feel it because you don't feel like you deserve it, like you've worked for it. So the Bible says to work out your salvation, to work it out, to begin to learn it. What is this salvation? Like I said, you may not even feel it, but you don't walk by feeling it. That's how they worked. That's how they walked because they wanted to feel it. So they were looking and trying to obey this and do that, but they never attained it. For you, you have to walk by faith. Because you did not attend salvation like they did, if at all they did. The way you attend it is different. Somebody already walked the walk you couldn't walk, obtained it and gave it to you. What you need to do is believe me that I'm not fake, that I actually finished this walk and I obtained it for you. When you believe me and you show me that you believe and you don't think I'm fake, then I can give it to you. That's why salvation is by faith in Christ Jesus, the one who walked the walk and got the righteousness and came and clothed that with that righteousness. Are you listening to me? So do you believe in me? Yes. For God so loved the world that whosoever, and he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have. Have. Not work for. Not obtain or attain. But have. The one who believes in him has everlasting life. So, how you got that life or that righteousness is also going to spell how you are going to live and walk in it. You are the people of the law. You are the justified. You, you are justified. How? By believing in me. So you, you were declared righteous. They, they had to attain it, which they failed. You, you were simply declared Righteous. And that word righteous is the word justified. You were justified. It's like come back. Let me re explain it. It's like this. Imagine in a legal system where this one. Uh, has committed an offense. And after she commits an offense, she's taken to court. And when she's taken to court, they start the process. She pleads not guilty. When you plead not guilty, it means they have to begin trying you. By trying, they have to ask questions, they have to bring evidence, blah, 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 blah. And whilst that is happening, This one now comes. Because maybe this one thinks, this one thinks, oh, you, she's lying. She can't say she's not guilty. She did it. And by the time we are coming to the end, you know, there's what we call in, in, in law, not wasting the court's time. One of the reasons why the courts give harsh punishments is where you should have just accepted. Because remember, she's also a liar by nature. So she lied and she said not guilty. 
So meaning, meaning the court now has to waste its precious time to start going through and you bring evidence. So when the court realizes that all the evidence is pointing to the fact that you are guilty, but you made us go through these two days trying you, the punishment will be harsher, not just for finding you guilty of the sin, but for wasting the court's precious time. So this one pleads not guilty, but she's a liar, remember? And this one notices. Now this is an illegal system where you can take up someone's offense. So this one now comes and says, I'll go in your be on your behalf. You just stay before you bring yourself into trouble. Then instead of her, we start, we start trying this one. And after we try her for two days, we say she's not guilty. But she took her place. So this one who should have been, this one who should have undergone that process of trial, of examination in chief, cross-examination and re-examination has been substituted by this one. This one has attained the righteousness. But this one at the end in the judgment will acquit her. Simply will just justify her by a declaration because of the work of this one. That's justification. Is, is that helping you? That's the more legal way of what happened on the cross. This thing I've explained to you. Where somebody comes in your place and where you're supposed to be tried, they get tried and they get punished. Give me Isaiah chapter 53. Who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form of, or, or comeliness. And we see him. There is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs. That's what I'm telling you. Where she was supposed to be, all the humiliation, all the embarrassment that the lawyers should have caused, caused her, all the costs she should have paid, all the energy she should have spent. Instead, this one came in her place. In other words, what we are saying is she took your griefs. Imagine I impersonate you, my mind, and I write your ZLA exams in your name. When the results come out, when the results come out, who has passed? But who sweated? Who worked hard? Who cracked the night? Who panicked that we may be caught? Let me tell you a story. I repented. When we were in first year. <laughs> let me tell you a story. I had a friend. I won't say her name. So we were suddenly told that we are closing school. And they gave us four, about four assignments which were due. Remember that time when we closed suddenly? So, now me, I was like a sharp boy. So I did my stuff, did my stuff, and I was ready. Then this sister was panicking, sweating. And she says, you need to help me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I was a bit young and reckless at the time. So what happened is, I, now this is a sister in the Lord. Not that there was anything going on between the, no. Just, we go to church together. And we, are in the, we were in the praise team together. So I say, ah, forget about it. So what we did is, we just took my assignment and we changed. We changed the cover page. She put hers, bam. So we took the same assignments, except um, except the cover pages were different. When I was home, I was worshiping God, and God said, but why did you do that? I said, but she's a sister. No, 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 no. 
God rebuked me, so I prayed, I repented, I prayed, you know. We went back to school. <laughs> when we went back to school, we had an English teacher. The, that was the English uh, subject uh, course. Her name was Miss Njovu. She was difficult. And the first thing she said was, I was shaken by the level of plagiarism. How do you people do that? If you know that you plagiarized, just bring yourself. Because if we catch you, we'll suspend you or something like that. You'll never take English again. She went on and on. Now me at peace because I repented. <laughs> I had repented. So I had a peace. But don't be like me. Eh? <laughs> you may not escape. So I repented. Now my sister now came. Daniel, we need to go. We just need to take ourselves. Perhaps you have mercy. I said, relax. No, you know what we did. I said, I know. <laughs> but just relax. No. No, me and I said, okay, you, do you believe me? She said, yes, just follow me. Don't do it. Don't go there. <laughs> I know my relationship with God. <laughs> she panicked. The same way she panicked when she didn't submit her assignment. She panicked again. I said, I, I, I can't be around her. So I left her. Because me, you start panicking, we can't be. I like an environment. So I forgot about it because God told me, don't do that again. And I said, yes, sir. And so why should they be punished? <laughs> no, you people don't know. You don't know. Because some of you have been struggling with a sin you committed. So you can't let go of it. Even after you repented, you're still thinking, oh, what I did. What I did. You just want to lift your hands. What I did. But the Bible says the just shall live. The Bible says whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it. That's the only way to have it. It's your life. It's your life, you, not mine. <laughs> it's your life as a New Testament creature. Even forgiveness we receive by faith. Not by, no Lord, I've not been fearing the forgiveness. <laughs> you want, you will not, you will have condemnation. You will constantly walk in condemnation. Not that God has not forgiven you, but you don't know who you are. The Bible tells us if our hearts condemn us, we must remember that God is greater than our hearts. Sometimes it is not God, it is your heart. Because you see, it's, it's within human nature to always not think your work is good. Have you ever done something and everyone is saying, wow, and you're thinking, nah. That's the flesh. That's the flesh. You always beat yourself. No matter what, no what you have, how good what you have done is, you will never be proud of yourself. Because of the serpentine nature. It bites. Even the snake <laughs> is affected by it. If the snake is not careful, it bites at the wrong place. So that thing must stay in the correct place. I know you want me to finish the story. <laughs> so, and you know, Miss Njofu was fuming. And, uh, oh, I almost said her name. She was all over me. Let's go and repent. I said, go repent in your room. <laughs> I already repented. How many times do you want me to repent? Tell your heart sometimes. How many times are we going to repent? God is not deaf. You won't manage. The sin you now be committing is a sin of unbelief. You don't believe that God has forgiven you. It's a whole fresh sin. Not the one you did. This fresh one. 
Okay. So, yeah, I almost said her name. <laughs> okay, I'll call her Maggie for now. So, Maggie <laughs> is bothering me. Now, the results come out. And the list came out for everyone who plagiarized. At the same time with the results. The results came out. She was panicking. Everyone whose name is on that list should come and see me. I, I didn't bother. I was at rest. I didn't bother. And that's, that's the year 2013. I didn't bother. I was relaxed. <laughs> the results came out. She got an A, if not an A+. Plus. I got a B. <laughs> and our names were not on that list. I looked, and she was happy. Oh, praise God, praise God, oh, praise God. And I'm thinking, Maggie, I think the Lord was trying to show me that because of what you did, I'll take away your marks. But did she get that A plus by her works or mine? <laughs> That's the point I'm trying to communicate. Who labored? Who, work, who was smart? <laughs> who was like a hard-working kid here? Huh? Who was troubled at home repenting? Who was whipped by God? But who got the A+. Plus? So, we are like Maggie. Where all that we did was accept the assignment and then put our name. We are declared A-plus students. <laughs> Not by our hard work or our studying, but because somebody else studied hard, broke the nights, Dealt with the tutors, dealt with the lecturers, paid the school fees, spent sleepless nights, avoided the temptations of schools, never fought, never fished, never failed. And after graduation, he says, I will not go. Let Maggie go. And the name that is appearing is not his name on the righteous. It is Maggie's name. It's your name. It's my name. That's the work which Jesus did. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. You can sit, you can sit. Now look at this. You need to know who you are as the just. Who you are as the just. That's who you are. And the level of righteousness which was given was the righteousness of God. That is to mean, you, as, a, as a grade 12, you are, given, you are given a practicing certificate for law. We are not even talking about an LLB, a degree. No, we are not even talking about, uh, about uh, the last final, final thing. Imagine, I, the moment you finish grade 12, I come with uh, MBHC, what, what do you call that thing, you doctors? That, Yamini, you. Then naku pasa che. Naku faka naka stethoscope. And everyone who sees you says, Doc. They humble themselves. Everyone who sees you remembers their pain. Because they know you can deal with it. Those are the just. They are declared just by believing in the one who had been tried by the courts of heaven, by the courts of hell, and came out clean. And then he took his righteousness and gave it to you. Second Corinthians 5.21, the Bible says, He made him who knew no sin to become sin, that we through him might become the righteousness of God. What we have is not just righteousness. It is the righteousness of God. 
we are not just righteous in God. What we carry is the righteousness. You see, this is why it, this, the gospel is, is, is the, the word for the gospel means almost too good to be true. It's nearly too good to be true. If I told you I've bought you uh, a shoe, you'd say, oh, that's, are you serious? Oh, wow. But if I told you I've bought you a house in New Kasama and then I've bought you a, a, a BMW, uh, that sounds like a joke. That's the gospel. It's eugelion. That's what the word means. Gospel. The Greek word is eugelion. It means nearly too good to be true. You, you are the just. That's why you live by faith. Because, because you see, it's difficult. It's difficult to believe that you are actually the righteousness of God. You. Kawalala. Hule. And then overnight you are the righteousness of God. But you need to understand that that's who you are. Look at that. The Bible says, get me back to Isaiah. I don't know why you are getting very impressed. Because these are the things that are in discipleship class. <laughs> I will change my face. Surely he has written our exams. Are you seeing that? That's what he's saying. In other words, surely he has gone to Ziali, he has taken all the living heads. He said, all the stress, all the sicknesses, the Bible says, surely he has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Let's go. But he was wounded for our transgressions. We were the ones who were supposed to have been wounded. He was wounded for a transgression and he was bruised for our sins. And the punishment that brought us peace or the studying in that, the studying that brought us our graduation was instead laid upon him. But by his pressures we have graduated. But by his stripes we are healed. Someone already brought your healing. You don't have to be sick. Someone paid a serious price for your health. Refuse to be sick in the name of Jesus. Someone already, yeah. Don't say, oh no, maybe God is trying to teach me a lesson. He taught Jesus. Because the wrath of God was already laid on him. Against the seed, the Bible says, here comes the Lamb of God, which takes away the... That's, that, that pressure which comes as a result of sinning was laid on him. Refuse to be depressed. Refuse to be confused. All that was laid on him. And the Bible says by his stripes we were simply healed. Hallelujah. So these are the just. The people were simply declared. Simply declared. No work, no labor. Simply declared. That's why it was a strange thing. It had to be prophesied. Habakkuk is looking at it and said, this one I need to be careful. I need to sit down. I need to watch and see what he's going to, 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 to say to me. I will write it down so that when the New Testament people come, Benepo, they have to run with it because they're the ones who are teaching. He was talking about them. I will make it clear. I don't understand it. So that the ones who will come to run can run with this word properly. When a Daniel, Kaira, when a, so that they can run with it. All of you, the New Testament people, so that you could run with it. He says, I'll make, and I know it's not now. This thing may tarry, but I know it will surely come to pass. He was talking about this. This is what he was talking about. The just shall live by faith. So now, if now, because you see, like we are saying, she didn't have to work hard. 
the first thing she has to know in order to stay just according to her nature of being justified, she has to learn to walk by faith because the environment of a just person for it to be radiant, for it to be a reality, she just doesn't walk. She has to walk in an environment of faith. That's when she will benefit from it. That's when she will benefit from the healing. That's when she will benefit from the peace. That's when she will benefit. She has the just must live by faith. You think you know faith? Wait until next week. Let's stand.